Welcome to episode 22 of SJHL Weekly. Again, do not adjust your television sets. Uh, I'm producer Clark from IKS Media, co-host of SJHL Insider if you watch on Thursdays. Jeremy Corrigan is out, I'm going to say day-to-day with an upper body injury. Um, I don't know if he wants to say that or not, but that's what I'm going to call it. Um, So I'm here filling in, doing my best impression of him once again, and uh, we're going to have a great show coming up. Later on uh, in the show, we're going to be joined by Melfort Mustangs defenseman Leith Olofsson. Uh, Can't wait for that one. Should be a great chat with the assistant captain there for the Mustangs. Uh, but just before we kick off the show, of course, we have to thank all of our sponsors. And my my wonderful sponsor sheet somehow disappeared in this studio. So I'm just going to read it off my laptop. So excuse me while I do this. Uh, Chevrolet, Capital Auto Mall, Cantera Seeds, RBC, Sastel, SGEU, Direct West, Tourism Saskatchewan, SGI, Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association, and Young's Equipment. Thank you to all our sponsors. This would not be possible, of course, without them. And it would also not be possible without the gentleman to my left here today, Rory McGoran and Jamie Nugabauer. Gentlemen, welcome back to the studio. We didn't have a show last week, so it's good to see your smiling faces. Uh, busy weekend, 11 games in two days, so we'll get to that. But Rory, how was your weekend? Fantastic. You know, playoffs are coming up, so Jeremy's going to have to get into that playoff mentality. And if there's a little bit of a malaise or upper body injury, I think he's got to suck it up coming yeah. up the next Load management. Shows, right? Load yeah, management yeah. Is that today. what this week yeah. is for? Maybe. Load management because <laughs> playoffs are coming up? Yeah. But yeah, only two teams are under the 50 games played plateau so we got two weeks left of SJHL hockey still a lot of anomalies where pieces can fall and mm-hmm. playoff matchups can shift I'm sure we'll look at that soon but oh, yeah. I'm really liking what I'm seeing here there is some juicy matchups in the top eight teams yeah. right now I'm not counting out Notre Dame as well they still got a fighting shot it's still there and Jamie just before mm-hmm. I get to you I said it on SJHL insider last week the storylines like a month ago were awesome and they've only gotten better oh, yeah. since then oh, yeah. like I know things are kind of tightening up but man it's just getting crazy Jamie you had a busy week how was your weekend though yeah it's always good to be on the road and I'm very excited to announce that I was right Kian Bell did get to 50 before the end of the month very uh, I I like being right and I said to Kian specifically thank you for making me look smart of course you need to score five against Yorkton to do it my math Uh, was on track unless Kian Bell goes superhuman and scores five in a game of course he does that I'm not chirping you Rory I, I just had a gut Yeah, it was a good call. And there you go. There you go. He's the best goal scorer in the SJHL. That's uh, well. We'll we'll talk down. about we'll yeah. talk about Kean a little bit more as well in yeah. a, in just a. Little I just while I'm just here. excited to be right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's let's have a look back, uh, courtesy of our friends at Sask Lotteries, at Friday and Saturday's busy schedules. Five games on Friday, six on Saturday. Uh, so let's have a look at those games and the results there. Nipwin sneaks by Humboldt. Rory, four three. We'll talk about that in a minute here. <laughs> Great game. Yeah, it was. It sounded like it. Uh, Battleford's uh, beat up Melville nine to two. Flynn Flon, again, a great game against Weyburn, and there's a home-and-home home here, so we'll talk about this on Saturday as well, but they beat Weyburn 4-3. to Kindersley, Jamie, we'll talk about this in a minute as well, beat Notre Dame 6-2. to They're on a heater, I have to admit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and LaRange beat Melfort 4-2. to uh, They doubled them up on Friday. On Saturday... A couple of familiar matchups, but Estevan beat Yorkton four to two. I believe that was the game where they may have clinched playoffs. That with that win, yep. um, Battleford's beat Notre Dame six to two that night. Uh, Flynn Flon beat Weyburn five three to uh, sweep. I guess the home and home, or the, not the home and home, the the two game set over the weekend. Humboldt beat Nippon 
4 to 2, so a little bit of revenge. Kindersley doubled up on Melville 4 to 2. Again, they're on a heater. And Melfort uh, beat LaRange 4 to 3 to split the home and home. Uh, gentlemen, Melfort, LaRange. Rory, I'm going to start there. Sure. What a, uh, a great series uh, over the weekend, home and home. Mm. And on top of that, it's looking like this is going to be round one. Mm. And we'll get to that in a minute as well. We'll look at the standings. But w- what did you take away from that matchup this weekend? Uh, well, first off, I kind of liked how a lot of these games over the weekend were kind of playoff maybe previews. Yeah. Humboldt and Nipawin, Flinflon, Weyburn's a possibility. Mm-hmm. And the most certain one that's looking like is the Melford Mustangs and right. LeBron Jicewolves. We've talked week on and week off about how great these teams are at home. Right now, they're in a battle for who's going to get that home ice advantage. One's going to be fourth and one's going to be fifth, it's looking like. Mm-hmm. And we know how huge that'll be come playoff time in the Mel and the Northern Lights Palace and LaRange and Melford, respectively. But this weekend, both road teams won. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of thing that shocked me. <laughs> Topher Churico was awesome on the road in the first game for LaRange, stopping 49 of 51, I do believe it was. Uh, and Busy then he man. just had a lot of different guys step up. A pair of goals to open the game for Clark Huxley of the Mustangs. Duguay gets it going. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ethan Strick with three goals in that series. But uh, yeah, it just shocked me that both road teams won on these two teams that really are two of the toughest to beat at home. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And again, uh, Jamie, as we look ahead, and we'll get to the standings a little later on, don't bring them up yet, but this intensity in this matchup over the weekend, like yeah. you have to admit that was palpable. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we do talk about these two teams as the some of the most dynamite home teams mm-hmm. in the league, but I did also look it up. Ten of the 12 teams in our league are over 500 yeah. on the road. Sure. Home so cooking works. Home is huge, yeah. except for this weekend, yeah. for whatever reason. Uh, I think Trevor Blevins, I, t- I spoke to him a little bit uh, uh, yesterday, in fact, and I was talking to him about this this, this little this matchup that they had. And, you know, he, he mentioned that he was actually just straight up unhappy with the way his team came out in Melfort. And I, I think... A big part of that, too, is the presence of Ethan Strick. We've talked about him. He's been back three games since uh, his suspension, and he's been absolutely unstoppable over that time. Didn't miss a beat. Sometimes you expect a guy to miss a beat when he comes back from a suspension a little bit a little bit leggy, maybe a little bit uh, rusty, but no rust for Ethan Strick. He was absolute dynamite for LaRange. And then, you know, up in the, the Mel, you know, Trevor Blevins' team, you know, they've kind of been, uh, we have a down game, and then we respond, and we have a down game, and we respond. That's kind of been Melfort all year. If you catch them on a game that they they respond you're then you're in big yeah, trouble and i don't care who you are in this league the battlefords north stars found that out this year right so yeah <clears throat> yeah who somebody predict this series right now because <laughs> if you could who knows what's going to happen in that series it's going to be nuts it's going to yeah. be awesome i got a little Keep question an to pose to both of you guys mm-hmm. we know a lot of these teams in the sjhl have really good goaltending tandems 1a 1b punch right Cherico and smith these are teams that are probably going to have to make a decision come playoff time. I think when you're the LaRange Ice Wolves, Smith has the upper hand. But if you're Trevor Blevins, who are you rolling with right now? Or are you in yeah. playoff games taking your goaltender and still going 1A, 1B? I just don't see that yeah. happening. But in your opinion, yeah. who are they going with? It's a great question. My hunch, Rory, yeah. would be Joel Favreau because, and I've mentioned this to a number of people lately, I just have not seen an 18-year-old and younger really carry the water for a team that expects to go far. So Joel Favreau has not played as many games as the Melford Mustangs would have liked this year. He's had some injuries. So if, but I think if he's healthy and he's playing all right, then Trevor Blevins is going to roll with the older guy. Uh, but James Venn has done nothing to, to lose that spot. So it's, it's a great question. But to answer you, my, my hunch is Favreau, just because of experience. Yeah. 
And it's not it's not just those two teams. Humboldt no. has the same mm-hmm. issue, right? Does Damon Cunningham make a, a, a little bit of a ploy against Jackson Fellner? Both right. have been playing very similar style of hockey. Um, Weyburn might be in that same. Yeah. Right? She- Shep Oyster was unbelievable. Yeah. There's a lot of teams that are that are kind of have a good one-two punch, yeah. and who's yeah. going who's to take the reins come playoff? That's I guess my answer would be it's a good problem to have. Absolutely. It's yes. a good problem to have. Yeah. Now, speaking of Weyburn, you just mentioned them, but, Jamie, I'll start with you because mm-hmm. you've seen Weyburn recently. Um the Weyburn Red Wings up in Flin Flon dropped both those games. Yeah. Uh, they've la- now lost three in a row. Yeah. Uh, and Flin Flon, uh, here's my little uh, information here. They are, their magic number is four points. Uh, they can uh, clinch the Sherwood division with four points. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that won't affect necessarily their playoff standings, but it's a nice little note. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess Weyburn and, and Flin Flon, let's go with those two teams. Uh, Jamie, what did you yeah. see this weekend from them? Man, like Mike Reagan, I, he's got to be – Absolutely thrilled right now without Jacob Vockler, Cole Dupereau, Jeremy Tremblay, Jaden Mercier, <laughs> Centennial Cup veteran Cole Tanchuk, you know, Egan. All these guys are out for Flynn Flon, and they still found a way to beat Nippowin and Weyburn twice. And certainly, you know, from the Weyburn perspective, I think they're still dealing with some injuries and illness of their own. So I think Cody Mapes is having a hard time finding continuity with his lineup. And as a result, they needed to rely a lot on Matt Shep Oyster and Dazza Mitchell to kind of keep them in those games. And, and full credit, they were great. We talked just there about the mm-hmm. fact that Weyburn has two goalies that they like, or maybe even three if, if you include Eric Kale in that conversation. But man, oh man, what an impressive thing. And, you know, I think back and I actually spoke to Mike Reagan about this when Flynn Flon was at Wilcox recently about uh, the addition of Zach Kane and the leadership that he brings and what he brings in in terms of keeping that team together and keeping them focused and three wins against Nippon and two against Weyburn two pretty hot teams coming into the into the week and, and getting contributions you know we we don't talk about this battle enough boys Thomas Wright versus Alexi Silvestri, maybe Riley Ash. Who's going to win the rookie scoring yeah. uh, race? It's it's a real crazy battle it's right now, too. So, boy, oh, boy. Uh, you know, Mike Reagan's got to be thrilled thrilled to see his team produce, get a couple wins with all those guys out of the lineup. Everybody's had injuries, but all of those guys at once, and they still find a way to win and, and win well. Got to be impressed. Yeah, Flin Flon, 8-2 eight, eight in their last 10. Yeah. Uh, so, sh- kudos and shout-out to everybody up in Flin Flon for... Mm-hmm. A hot last 10 games. I oh. mean, they're giving you guys a run for your money because, and not yeah. that you guys aren't doing anything wrong. No. <laughs> they're playing great. But you are also yeah. eight. The Humble Broncos are yeah. also eight and two in their last mm-hmm. 10 games. Let's go there now. Humboldt sure. over the weekend. Um, a couple of big matchups for them as well. So what did you see this weekend from Humboldt? It was very much could be a playoff preview. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure both Humboldt fans and Nipwood fans would love the close proximity to travel and see their teams in uh, you know what could be a seven-game series. Three and they out both of their, travel great, those fan bases. 100%. Yeah. Three out of the four games they played this season ended up in one-goal differential. I am counting the game on Saturday that was 4-2. It was an empty net goal. Mm-hmm. It's a one-goal game, basically, yeah. until the end, right? Uh, so it is a lot closer than maybe people would look at when they're just looking at the standings. From what I saw on Friday, I saw Jackson Fellner that stole a game. Broncos had five breakaways, four posts. Fellner played uh, exceptionally well. And when you give a talented offense like Nippowin a chance to hang around in a game, you don't yeah. capitalize on your opportunities. Mm-hmm. They made the Broncos pay in the third period. Three straight goals in pretty quick succession. And they're up 4-2. And now the Broncos are in the hole that they didn't expect to be in with the way they were playing. And they couldn't climb out of it. So it was a props on an advantageous Nippowin Hawks for picking up the, uh, the two 
two points at home. And then the Broncos, well, they've won 11 straight home games. So they went back to work at the Elgar Peterson Arena, um, controlled a lot of the pace. Uh, Maguire Ratslav finally got his first point uh, in his last seven games, which is actually crazy to think about. A talented player like that was held off the score sheet for seven straight games. But Ceccarelli now on 11-game point streak. When you need a catalyst, you often look to Ethan Zilke. He had three points. And your leader stepped up when the Broncos, when they needed an answer back and uh, protect that undefeated home ice streak in the new year. Yeah. Well, and I think, like, to your point, Rory, you talked about that formula for Nippowin winning that, like, they did in Nippowin. Mm. I mean, when you face a Flynn Flon or a Humboldt, you are going to be pelted with shots. I think that's part of the equation. So first thing you need is great goaltending, and they got that. The second thing you need is, you know, discipline if you can stay out of the box or kill those penalties because if you can't kill penalties, then you're ten, not going to win. Ten straight uh, yeah. Bronco power plays the Nippon Hawks killed over those right. two games. So yeah. that's, that's the formula for an upset. I always say you have two boxes to check if you're going to upset anybody. Goaltending, special teams. Right. And if you check those boxes, then fair enough. And Nipawin, I'm sure, thrilled with a split there with Humboldt. 100%. I will say... Um from a player standpoint of the Nipwin Hawks, I know Xander Stewart got hurt in the first game, didn't return, didn't play in game two. Oh, and then Maguire Ratslav, after he scored his goal, got, uh, I, but I believe he didn't return after scoring that goal. He took a hit from Connor Kasperi. Ooh. So those are two big pieces. I don't know the longevity of how, it, to the extent mm. those injuries are, but they need them back. Yeah. They're the captain and one of the best defensemen in the SJHL. Yeah, for yeah. sure. To build on Nipawin, uh, Nipawin's week, Alex Ochitwa had a great week. Alex Johnson had fire, a great man. week. Ochitwa has like yeah. 10 points well, in his last Absolutely, and and he's committed, right? So you, you see that with him. You know, we've seen that with Benny Takachuk. A couple guys this year got committed, the weight off their shoulders, mm. and then they could just play free. I've right. liked Ochiwa since I got him. I'll yep. be honest, he can fly. He's good. He's really good. Not big, not very strong, but he can fly and he plays a hard game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you've seen that so often, right? Guys get committed, weight off their shoulders, especially older guys, mm-hmm. and and they play better. And and kudos to Ochiwa stepping in when you said Ratzlaff has been not as pro- proficient. Mm-hmm. It's prolific at scoring. Buckberger stepped up. John, stepped Johnson's up. been good all Johnson's year. Johnson's been good. Stewart's yeah. been good. So. And that's kind of been one of their strengths all year, right? Is guys, you know, in the forward group, yeah. especially. Alex Johnson up. might be one of the underrated players yeah. in the league that doesn't 100%. get enough credit. That guy, he's yeah. been doing it for like, you know, a couple of years yeah. now, and he yeah. leads the team in points quietly, it yeah. seems like. A lot of them are assists, but his vision in hockey IQ yeah. is, is really high well, up there. I made Big a piece. vote, right, when we were you at the showcase, the showcase about the snob. Right. He was one of the guys that almost, uh, I think, missed, just almost pipped Cameron Licka. Remember, Licka ended up being there but uh, also they, they were kind of they both went one too i think and they ended both <laughs> they ended up both which calling. is fair so it's the it worked out gods worked it out it, as we thought it worked out way. also shout out carson dobson had a really good week and yeah. he was our 1000th kid sport yes, goal scorer mm. so just wanted to give a quick shout out again to carson dobson yep. we did give him a shout out on thursday's shhl insider can never give too many kudos for the kid sport cup yeah um a little bit of a scenario here as well and then we'll move on to our next uh team of focus but the nippon hawks can clinch a playoff spot uh as early as Wednesday night. If they win, now here's the scenario, if they win both Tuesday and Wednesday, and if Notre Dame loses in regulation to Weyburn on Tuesday night. So Nipwin is close to getting an X by their name. So is which, four their magic number two? Is that what that means uh, or no? Yeah, I'm going to say yes. Okay, I'm okay. so bad with magic so numbers. So I, I don't understand That's it. Jeremy's <laughs> thing. <laughs> Jeremy loves the magic number, and yeah. I'm so confused by it. I love talking about them when I know what they are. Yeah. But to figure out what it is, uh, I'll leave it to Jeremy. <laughs> uh, but that's just a quick note on Nippowin. Uh, it could be a big week for playoff, the last couple of playoff spot clinching. Uh, but somebody who did clinch this weekend, and Jamie, I'll throw this to you. Mm-hmm. The Estevan Bruins clinched. Uh, well, they're currently in sixth, but they clinched a playoff spot. Uh, they didn't clinch sixth, but they clinched a playoff yeah. spot. Um over the weekend with their win against Yorkton. Um, 
Estevan's an interesting one. They've had uh, some ups and downs this year, I guess. But what did you see, I guess, from Estevan this week? And, and what does this clinching, I guess, mean for them? Well, you, outside mean, of the, I mean, making uh, the playoffs. Could, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think we all, I, I definitely expected Estevan to find a way to get into the playoffs oh, anyways, definitely, yeah. this year, regardless, just because of the roster they had more than anything. But Cody Davis being back in health, he's such a difference maker with his speed. They were very impressive uh, in Melville. They ran all over the millionaires. It was 7 1. It could have been, been worse than that, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Yorkton, you know, Caleb Allen and Matt Hare, just in general, does a good job of coaching against the Estevan Bruins for some reason. It's always <laughs> been a bit of a bugaboo team there for Estevan, but you know, again, they they found a way. You know, the 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 combination of a healthy Cody Davis and a healthy Cade Runke could take this team a long way. They're two very experienced guys, know how to play. You know, their decor has become a lot more simple, a lot more you know, sort of heavy, hard to play against guys. With no Alex Blanchard, obviously left leaving months ago, um, but there's still not going to be any fun to play against. And I think that really ramps up a game like Wednesday, for example, in Humboldt, mm-hmm. in Humboldt and Flintflon because you know neither of those teams. I, I, I think probably if you were to ask either Scott Barney or Mike Reagan, they say, we'll play whoever we play, and fair enough, but I think they want to avoid Estevan if they can. It's, yeah, no one likes going into Affinity Place, yeah. especially during playoff time. Oh, it's yeah. a hard building yeah. to win into, right? So, yeah. And they've got a lot of guys who are experienced. Though. I think yeah. Flynn Flon and Estevan, with that familiarity, yeah, they may want to wait for a second-round matchup or something <laughs> like that to happen, not in the first round, because yeah. it's just a lot of travel. They already don't like each other. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to get a six- or seven-game game series I would think and that's hard in the first round to then yeah. know you still have to play two more rounds it's a grueling series so yeah. I also agree and it's no knock on Nipawin or Weyburn I just think with travel purposes and familiarity between those teams you're trying to get away from that matchup in the first round and mm-hmm. that's what you do or how you do that is by finishing second so Wednesday's matchup yeah it's big. there you go let's yeah. let's move to the team that's on top of the standings now the Battleford's mm-hmm. North yeah. Stars clinched first place uh, this past weekend now they beat uh, the Melvin Millionaires 9-2 on Friday, and then the Notre Dame Hounds 6-2. I'm going to start with you, Rory, on this one. Jamie, I'll let you talk about the Hounds after this. But, Rory, Battleford scores 15 goals in two games. Um, <laughs> not that we're surprised by this, I mean, at this point of the season. Uh, and we'll get to maybe why uh, some of this happened because of maybe our Players of the Week coming up in a little while. But, man, do they ever stop impressing you? No. 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 255 goals in 51 <laughs> games played. Well, there so you go. It, I mean, I know 15 and 2 is a higher average, but yeah. they've been averaging 5 goals a game mm-hmm. for 51 games. It's, 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 it's absolutely insane. Yeah, you need to score 6 to beat them, yeah. and that's why they've only lost 4 in regulation. But, uh, no, they never stop impressing me. There's always, you know, the key and bell factors. There's the mm-hmm. holding doles. You know, you're getting them as the 3 stars of the week almost every week now with what they're doing, but you can't, you can't argue against it. No. He had 22 points in the last eight games. So how do you take away any nods for Kean Bell? But uh, And then it's just someone else that steps up. If that line doesn't produce, which is rarely, Mm -hmm. then you get a Keaton Klein, a Bradley Blake, a Zane Florence. The the list goes on and on. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know what? Notre Dame, Nipawin, Weyburn, good luck. I mean, it's going to be really, really tough to beat them, and we know that. That's just saying Mm -hmm. how great the Battlefords North Stars are. It's going to be really tough. Not impossible, but And, Jamie, speaking of... Notre Dame. Uh, it's been uh, an interesting couple of weeks for Notre Dame. I mean, a couple of big wins, a couple of tough losses. I mean, mm-hmm. what do you what do you have for Notre Dame right now? Yeah, you know what? Like you look at this, uh, the last three games. I mean, the the job in Wilcox on Family Day was to beat Wavern, and they did that. Mm-hmm. And then the weekend, can the odds of you, know, you never know? But Notre Dame going into Battleford's the way things are going, it's it's not a great bet. So the only thing that really the Hounds did wrong was not really show up 
in Kindersley, which right. really, really hurts. And, you know, it, it, the, the mountain is still high for Notre Dame to, to sneak in. And again, it was another game in uh, at the Access Communication Center where the Hounds actually did not play badly at all. And you look at the <laughs> scoreline and you say 6-2. Well, it looked like they got bull, bull rushed, but they didn't. It was 2-1 for a while. It was 2-1 yeah. going into the third yeah, period. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then 15 seconds in, like a perfect chip, turns into a 2-on-1. Jake Southgate snipes. And then it's, you know, game's kind of over. But, like, it's it's crazy that, like, the Hounds have been in so many games and then they fall asleep for three minutes and it punishes them. But I've talked about it on this show so many times. The Hounds, in the last 15 games, I went back 15 games, guys, mm-hmm. they've scored two or less goals in 12 so they're of 15 games. Not averaging the five goals as Battleford. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Though they did score six against Battlefords and Wilcox earlier this year, but they gave up nine, so that didn't help. Oh. But uh, my point, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of tough to win games, right, if you're not scoring more than two goals. It seems, sounds like basic math. And another, another element to all of it, and a big part of the reason why they're having trouble scoring is this Jared Sitch factor in that he's just, I don't think he's been healthy when he's been in the lineup, right. and he hasn't really been in the lineup that much in the new year and you talk about a defenseman it's not just one guy you need the whole team i know but uh, you know the hounds needed him need him in the lineup to to be successful and and he hasn't been so you know i don't know i don't know how many more games the rest he'll play this year he played a period against kindersley and kindersley and couldn't play the rest of the game and that was his first game back in a while so it's it's a tough ask the hounds have played well before this year without sitch but gotta find a way to grease out at least three goals. Well, I will. Yeah. I will say. I will put a glimmer of hope because I'm not ruling the Notre Dame Hounds out. It's nine points. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. They have what nine games left? Eight games left, maybe. Eight. The Notre Dame Hounds do so. Sixteen possible Which points out of nine. nine. That's correct. But Weyburn is starting an eight-game road trip, mm-hmm. or seven game, I believe. Yeah. They just lost their first three of it. They right. have four or five more left. Yeah. They're going to have to find a way to win on the road. Their road record is not good. It's 7-16. and 16. So if Notre Dame can, like you said, scrape by a couple more goals, pick up a couple points here yeah. in this next stretch, and Weyburn continue yeah. these road woes, well, now you're closing into a four-point gap. So there is hope for the Notre Dame Hounds. Yeah. It's not over yet. It is hard, though. Yeah. It's a high hurdle. Two yeah. things. Yeah. Like, Jamie, earlier you mentioned, what's it take for an underdog to win goaltending and, and special teams? Mm-hmm. Uh, one for Notre Dame would be a healthy Jared Sitch. That's yeah, <laughs> that's their one of their check boxes. Uh, but for Notre Dame's sake, I will say Nipawin in their last ten, two, five, and three, and mm. Weyburn's lost their last three, as Rory just mentioned. Yeah. So you know the light is not out at the end of the tunnel yeah. for Notre Dame at the moment. No. I will say, Clark, I know we're going to have to go to Leith Olafson, but yes. Kindersley Clippers both wins at home. I don't mm-hmm. want to leave out the. No, I was just going to mention them. Oh, so great. Okay. No, perfect. I go didn't for know it. how we were for time. No, go for it. We got. But uh, Tyler Traptow, you know, obviously shout out to Ken Plaquin uh, with the job. You know, he did in Kindersley, a great guy. Every time we talk to him but Tyler Traptow is going to get a chance here not a lot of games to yeah. really prove what he's got as the mm-hmm. interim coach a former player not that long ago of Kindersley and uh, two and one in his first three games and Kindersley's no longer in the basement They're no they have moved yeah. up and has there like there haven't been that many better players in the SJHL over the last 15 games than Logan Linklater no. No. and like, Tylen Hill big too but I mean yeah. they're, Both they're those a dynamic guys. duo together right like, yeah. I talked to, Lo- to Logan about it he's like yeah I pass him the puck he scores it it's a good it's a good good relationship <laughs> Great formula. Uh, but Logan is just magical, magical. And if maybe, you know, it didn't work out with him in the Pats earlier this year, and it took him some time to get going when he came back because he just didn't play many games all year long. Yeah. But he's been unstoppable, especially at the West Central Event Center. 
this year, and kudos to him. And I had a feeling he would when he came back. I, you know, I said that guy yeah. right there is going to do well in this league. Yeah. Uh, he's just built for it. You know, he's one of those players that you can just tell like he's mm-hmm. built for the league, and he's doing well. And I just wanted to say, Kindersley Clippers in their last ten games yeah. have more wins than five other teams in the SJHL. So, yeah. like I said, I kind of, kind of, you know, they're jokingly p- said they're on a heater, but they actually like they're legitimately playing well. They're and they have been. Well. If, they're, exactly. they're, if, they if they weren't so bad on the road, they're yeah, about five hundred. It just hasn't worked yeah. out they're their way. Team if, they're not, yeah. if they weren't so bad on the road, exactly. Um, and Logan Linklater as well, didn't he have a play quite of the, the well the highlight reel goal as well in the industry? They call this a segue. Uh, so thank you for that, Rory. Uh, before we hit the break, let's have a quick look at the Tourism Saskatchewan highlight of the week, courtesy of Kindersley Clippers forward Logan Linklater. And this is a sh- special shout out to uh, marketing. What is it? what does Connor Tate do? Everything. Connor Tate does a little bit of everything. Genius. Yeah. Genie- let's call him. Uh, Clippers genius Connor Tate yeah. uh, and the call by Chris Omnis. Let's have a look at the at the play here. All right, so now down to Linklater, later, wide open, but he's a leg and he scores. You can see the players going, "Oh my uh, God!" Tyler as they skate over. Like that, no. that much space and the creativity no. yeah. and time he had to make that move. No. That was a beauty. And I'm pretty sure Chris Omnis didn't even see it coming because I think the the four words between Linklater and he scores were blah blah. blah. And <laughs> he was shocked. <laughs> yeah, it was, I think everybody was a little bit uh, breathtaking with that one. That was a great play by Logan Linklater. And shout out again to our friends at uh, Tourism Saskatchewan for highlighting or for sponsoring the highlight of the week each and every week. Uh, we're going to go to a break now, and on the other side of the break will be Melfort Mustangs defenseman Leith Olofsson. You're watching SJHL Weekly on all the social media platforms from the SJHL. All right, welcome back to SJHL Weekly. I am Clark Monroe filling in for the wonderful, the studious Jeremy Corrigan uh, this week here for episode 22. And we're going to be joined now by our special guest today. That is assistant captain of the Melfort Mustangs, Leith Olofsson. Uh, welcome to the show, Leith. Thanks for joining us today. First of all, uh, before we get too deep into into the interview, five points in your last four games. You had a split in the home and home with LaRange this weekend. Can you explain the intensity of every game right now for you guys, because every game seems like it's just so, such a battle. Oh, for sure. The last last few games have been playoff atmosphere already, so it's 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 fun. Like especially this last weekend with Larange, it's it was it was it was a good weekend. Hey, Leith, did you guys go into these games? I mean, back at home and home with the team, you're kind of looking like. 85% chance you're going to play in the playoffs. Did you go into this weekend as a measuring stick? Like, hey, let's, you know, play some playoff style hockey because we might be going up against these guys in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I think that was our mindset going into the weekend. We were looking at the standings a little bit, although you don't really want to do that too much. But mm. we, we, we know what we're coming up against. So I think going in this weekend, we were looking at it as we're going to be playing these guys a few more times. So kind of get used to it. Does the LaRange Ice Wolves excite your, you and your teammates as a potential first-round matchup? Uh, I don't know about the rest of us, but I, I'm excited for it. I, I like playing up in that rink. It's mm. tight and lots of hitting, so kind of plays more into my game, so I like it. Mm. 
Yeah, for sure, Leith. Uh, really appreciate your time. I want to take you back a little bit, just just to talk about your roots. I love to be the guy that asks about uh, <laughs> about the guy's roots. So you know, a, a lot of guys, I guess, out here in Saskatchewan, especially, and, and even Alberta, you know, take that step to play U18 before they jump into junior. But you kind of decided not to. You went from you know U15 straight to to junior, and I guess maybe that's more common, maybe in BC and Ontario than maybe in the middle provinces. But just talk about uh, you know that jump and sort of how you feel like you progressed. You know, given that you kind of didn't bother, not bother, but, you know, you didn't go with a, the AAA U18 route. Yeah. Well, back home, like where I'm from, there wasn't much AAA or Junior A's there. So it was kind of Junior B is the top top league there. So I think going into my 16-year-old year, I, I looked at it as which, what's my best option for myself. And playing Junior B was probably the best for me. And then from there, I kind of, I developed pretty well there, and then ended up over here through some through some uh, people I know, and I think that's that was, it was good for me to come over here. Hey, Leith, uh, the last couple of weeks, me and Nugsy have been talking about when the, Must- the Melfort Mustangs are on their game, right? When they are playing Melfort Mustang-style hockey, they're, if not the hardest, one of the hardest teams to beat. But we've also talked about how this season has kind of had some ebbs and flows, right? Some games not as good as others. When you're playing Melfort Mustangs hockey, what are those things that you're grabbing attention to, that you're really succeeding at, that makes you guys one of the hardest to play against? I think our uh, defensive play is probably our strongest suit. We we focus on being stingy defensively and just try not to let any any shots through in the middle. And then, yeah, just being a physical team that's hard to play against. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, a big part of that, and one of the things that I've talked about when I've noticed the Mustangs this year is when you're going well, and especially your decor, yeah. you know, you talk about you, you talk about Tuba, you talk about Minock, you know, you talk about Hawaiian, uh, like go down the list, Thornton, you know, keep going, keep going. There's, <laughs> it's, it's a veritable array of talented players back there. You know, what's that, uh, that line like that Trevor Blevins is trying to get you guys to understand between, you know, that aggressiveness, that being that fourth guy and to score that goal that you guys love, obviously, because there's huge points back there, and also playing that Melfort Mustangs hockey being stingy. I think uh, when we're playing off, like when we're playing hard offensively, there our our opponents shouldn't really be getting too many chances on in uh, in our D zone. So I think with us being up in the rush and up in the uh, O zone, there we we can kind of keep them away from our our net that way. But once once we get back in the D zone, we're focused on being hard and not letting anything through. So, Leith, we talk a lot, uh, obviously Jamie just mentioned it, but the defensive group that you guys have, and uh, it was kind of highlighted by four of you guys on the same team at the SJHL-MJHL mm-hmm. Showcase. Um, I guess two things. One, what was that experience like for you, just being at the Showcase, I guess, in general? And then two, what was it like, basically your entire blue line as, as your team's blue line, what was that like for you? Oh, it was, it was fun. Uh, that was probably the, that's the first event like that I've ever been to. So I, I was just taking it all in and get, getting the experience, which was like fun. And then playing with pretty much my whole t- like half my team there, it was, it was it was good. And then getting to play with some other guys there was fun too. But it wasn't too much from the difference because I was playing with my uh, normal D partner playing Hawaii the whole time. So it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, Leith, last one for me. Really, uh, really appreciate your time. You know, I, I, I'm sure it's there's no stretch to say that last year's postseason was disappointing from uh, a Melford Mustangs perspective. And I think you guys had high hopes last year and come, being a third seed and whatever. And, and again, I'm sure the hopes are super high again this year. What are the details? What are the things that Trevor Blevins and his staff have said to you personally and to the team that say this year needs to be different? You know, what, what are those things in order for you guys to actually make the run that you actually believe you can make this year? I think just our uh, physical play and just being hard on every every shift, every, like the whole whole game, being able to play hard and stay focused and not give up these little lapses and that most like last year against Yorkton that they scored on a lot of a lot of our mental lapses. Hey, Leith, I'm not sure if you've ever seen uh, the show where we do guests. We like to wrap it up now with a part called Rory's Rapid Fire. So I got a handful of questions for you, all right? They're going to come at you quick. Just fire them right back at me, all right? All right. Here we go. Skydiving, yes or no? Oh, wow. That's a new one. Uh, yes. Yeah. You would do it. Obviously, Olafson, Leith Olafson, uh, a lot of Viking roots in that name, in your ancestry. Are you going to be a sea Viking, you know, on the high seas, or are you a land Viking where you just pillage the villages? <laughs> I, I, I think I'd be a land Viking. I don't like the, like the ocean too much. Land Viking it is. All right. The w- creativity <laughs> this week, Roy. Well done. Good start. Village, village. <laughs> it rhymed, too. WWE Royal Rumble. Oh. Who's winning on the Melfort Mustangs? Oh. Wyatt Cook. Oh. Wyatt Cook's taking it down. Okay. Uh, okay. As a hockey player, if you could have one superpower on the ice, what would it be? Uh being able to put the puck in the net whenever I want. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a super, I don't know if that's a superpower, but that'd be nice. All right, favorite Disney princess. Oh, oh, um, Rapunzel. Rapunzel, good pick. And wow. now I asked, I asked Riley Morgan this same one, so I'll wrap it up because you know we're all buddies across this league when it comes to broadcasters. On a scale of one to ten, how much grief are you giving Maddie Barrett up there in Melfort on uh, on the road trips and whatnot? Too much. Too much. I don't know if you can hear him in the back. Yeah, I don't we know can. If you can hear him in the back. I'm in his office right now doing this. So yeah, I, I'd say, I, we don't give him enough. He's, he's soft. <laughs> Uh, hey, Hi, Matt. I, I, I've seen I've seen Blevins give uh, give Maddie a real real hard time. So. Yeah, there, there, he there he is. Hi, Matt. <laughs> well, thanks, Leith. Uh, I'll leave you with this. I mean, we're already at the point now. If you can believe it, five games left in the season. Uh, Wednesday kicks off the last five for you guys. Down the stretch, uh, you see, uh, you know, a couple of, of really solid teams. Obviously, you're kicking it off with Kindersley, who we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, they're kind of hot lately. Larange, Nippowin, Flynn and Nippowin again. Um, what do you guys have to do in these last five games to just get yourselves ready for the playoffs? I think we we just got to treat every game like it's playoffs already. Like, get ready for it by just being in the moment be ready for playoffs by playing like it's playoffs pretty much. Absolutely. Well, say hi once again to Matt Barrett for us. <laughs> hi, Matt. Uh, and Lee, thanks so much for joining us and good luck the rest of the way. Perfect. Thank you very much.
All right, that of course was assistant captain Leith Erickson. Leith, and now you got me saying it. <laughs> Leith, Leith Olafson. Yeah. <laughs> I said I said Leith Olafson. Like the, Leith was the captain. Erickson was the captain. Well, there you go. Yeah, he he was Olufsen. a water Viking. Yeah, you got he me. Was, water he was a water. You guys heard me say it during the commercial break. Leith Olafson. I said it like ten times, yeah. and I got tripped up right at the end. Anyways, um, Melford Mustangs assistant captain Leith Olafson joins us. Thank you again, Leith, and hi again to Matt. Uh, but we're loves gonna his, hit loves his screen time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, we're, we're gonna hit another commercial break here you're watching sjhl weekly on all the sjhl social media platforms All right, welcome back to episode 22 of SJHL Weekly. I'm producer Clark Monroe sitting in for Jeremy Corgan again. Um, and we, we missed something earlier, and I forgot. Uh, we're going to have a look at uh, the SJHL standings and maybe some playoff uh, matchups that we may be seeing. Um, before we do that, though, sorry for throwing a wrench because I just said we're going to do it, and then I'm, we're not. So sorry for the control room. Uh, but... You can get your tickets now. You just saw the commercial in the commercial break. SJHLRaffle.ca. It is happening right now. The ticket sales are underway. They're flying off the shelves. These guys have been pumping it in their communities uh, and around the league. Actually, all the teams are doing a great job. Thank you, all the teams, for for helping pump the SJHL raffle. Uh, It goes to a great cause. It helps the entire league. So what can you say wrong about that? Uh, You're helping the league grow. And uh, tickets are available now. One for 25, three for 60, 10 for 100. Get that value deal. Well, Get the 10. My mom was just out visiting, you know, and I got mm-hmm. her some tickets, but she lives in Manitoba. So, like, you know, uh, I so bought going to drive it, Rory? Well, I mean, I'm going to have a little fun with it, but if she wins it, then, you know, it might have to go even across provincial That's side true. by side. So, and you can drive everyone's that getting thing. in on this. So, you, you can you drive that do. thing all over the place. Right. I mean, uh, Jamie, it'd be really fun for you to rip out to Wilcox in that thing, yeah. especially when the weather nicens up a little bit. Absolutely. That'd be unreal. Yeah. On the grid roads there just. Exactly. Yeah, you could whip around pretty good. So get your tickets, uh, sjhlraffle.ca, right now. Uh, The draw will be made on uh, April 23rd, and we'll announce the winner live on SJHL Insider on Thursday, April 27th. So looking forward to all that. But now as we move on to the rest of the show, we have a few things left. Let's start with the standings as of this moment in time. Uh, The SJHL standings, there they are. We got the X's and Y's on there uh, for this week's edition. Um, And I thought it would be fun to just look at, I guess, two scenarios here. We'll look at the playoff matchups, and then we'll say afterwards, is this going to be the eight teams that get in and, and are these going to be the matchups that we'll see so let's start with the matchups as of right now of course I have to put the disclaimer on as of right now the Battlefords North Stars will be playing the Weyburn Red Wings the Humble Broncos will be playing the Nippon Hawks we kind of talked about that scenario because they just played each other Flynn Flon will be playing Estevan and that's just you, everyone's salivating over that potential yep. matchup and Lorange and Melford everyone's salivating over that potential matchup so again hypothetically as of right now as we sit today what do you guys think uh, about these matchups? And I guess I'll start with uh, Jamie. Let's go Battlefords, Weyburn. I mean, what do you have to say about that one? Because uh, it's one of the red, the most hot, the hottest teams in the last few weeks. Yeah. And then the Battlefords North Stars. <laughs> See what yeah. I did there? Well, I mean, <laughs> Battlefords has been the hottest team in Canada pretty much. Oh, right, right, right. Books, maybe. Well, look, uh, you know what? The, I'll say this about Weyburn. If they stay out of the penalty box... Mm-hmm then they can really make games interesting. Mm-hmm. They have had a very hard time staying out of the penalty box. The so, most penalized team in the league, yes. if, you, if and you will. I think fourth or fifth time shorthanded, but, mm-hmm. 
but very they need to they need to find a way to live on that edge. Cody Mapes is a very intense guy. His team needs to stay out of the box because if they don't, Southgate, Dole, and Bell will have a feast, and it'll yeah. be a sweep. But uh, that that that's probably the good money, anyways. But you know, I'll be honest. This Wayburn team does play hard. They do play well, especially in their rink. I do really see them giving people trouble in their rink, especially if they're healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be at least be physical. Uh, that's all what I'll say. We'll yeah. say this about the Weyburn Red Wings. Um, yes, they aren't the uh, time shorthanded is what you look at. They're not yeah. the, the most in the league, right. but they do have the biggest discrepancy in the league between power play opportunities and time shorthanded. Ooh, They're about that's a good minus, 50, oh, wow. uh, minus 58 wow. more time shorthanded than they have power plays. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you go to Battlefords with that kind of recipe. Mm-hmm. No. Sweet. Yeah. That's going to be tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tough. Uh, let's go to the next matchup. Humboldt Nipawin. Rory, I'll throw this your way. Humboldt Nipawin. Uh, we just saw them twice. Mm-hmm. You talked about it earlier in the show. Uh, what would you like to see in that matchup if that happens? I, I'd love to see. I'd, I'd love to see it, right? Well, I mean, I, I guess. for geographical logistics. You have a little bit of bias. So I guess not what would you like to see. <laughs> but of the series itself, I guess, what would you like to see? Uh, I, I mean, I, I, first off, as a whole, um, don't all the series kind of make sense right now? Humboldt yeah. and Nipwin, they mm-hmm. are rivals. They're not in the same division. They are rivals when they play. Mm-hmm. Just, sure. just like Melfort. They're mm-hmm. the closest opponents to them, right? Mm-hmm. They are rivals. Uh, LaRange and Melfort, we see how well they play against their divisional rivals coming together. Flin Flon and Estevan Rematch. were in the finals last year. It's yep. the best rivalry in the SJHL. The only anomaly there is Battleford and Weyburn. They're not really geographically close. They're not in the same, but three out of four, I'll take it. Yeah. And we just saw how great those games were between mm-hmm. Humboldt and Nipwin. So yeah. I'm really hoping things stay this way. I think it gives salivating matchups across all four uh, in the SJHL playoffs. Yeah, and one thing I'll say about Nippo and Humboldt, too, is both of those teams can really skate. I love yeah. teams that can skate. I love watching two teams that can both skate pretty equally. I'd say probably Humboldt has more talent and more depth. That's why they're second or third in the league and Nippo in seventh. Mm-hmm. But... Nippowin will not be intimidated, especially in their rink, and they can fly. So that'll be a lot of fun just from a hockey-watching perspective. And we said if one of the goaltenders steal a couple yeah. games, Nippowin becomes a dangerous, right. op- a dangerous yeah. opponent. I was going to throw that out there. Yeah. The, out of all the series, that one seems like if one of the four goalies that we mentioned earlier yeah. gets hot, that could be the difference in that I, series. I, I would agree. No, no offense to yeah. either team. I'm just saying if one goalie gets hot, that could be the difference mm-hmm. yeah. right there. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Flynn Flaw and Estevan, I mean, again. <laughs> what needs to be said? Calm. Come on. Oh. Uh, couldn't, have, couldn't have scripted yeah. it better at the beginning of the year if that ends up being what it is. Um, so I guess <laughs> who, who survives that series? Well, the one thing, sorry, Jamie, I would just, I okay. really hope that both teams are healthy when the playoffs right, start. For we, sure. You mentioned the injuries that Flint Flon had. Estevan's getting their guys back now. They're close. Miley's back. Runky's back, yeah. right? I just really hope that it's a full yeah. stable Yeah. Heard Lick has been dealing up. with a yes. couple things yes. here and there, so you hope oh, he's that, healthy too. That would be a, that would be a physical series. If, oh, my if God. Take a lot, if, eh? If, like out of the teams. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they're, they're, they're both huge. Yeah. Like, they're both huge teams, yeah. first of all. They like don't like each other. They don't like each other. <laughs> I don't think the coaches like each other. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not. But, like, also the presidents won't be happy because they have to figure out the budgets for traveling yeah. up and down but uh yeah it'll be grumpy it'll be it'll be belligerent it'll yeah. be full of storylines and you know the alex von sprecken element that's going to be fun mm-hmm. uh the former Aston van bruin playing for Flynn Flon, and yeah. just huge guys on both teams it'll be it'll be real interesting either way uh, yeah again hey you know what uh cam heard licka versus Harmon laser hume 
that's a spicy goalie matchup too. It's awesome. Next time we have a goalie on and you do Rory's rapid fire yeah. or a coach, I should say, with uh, on Rory's rapid mm-hmm. fire, the Royal Rumble question Wait, for about, the coaches. Among the coaches, that's a good one. I'll, I'll, uh, we'll save, save it. it. We'll save, save it. it. <laughs> Who's for our Saskatchewan Construction club, yeah. Coaches yeah. Talks, right? Saskatchewan yes. Construction yeah. Safety Association. Thank you guys. Um, and of course, we've already talked about this one, so we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on it. But Larange Melford. I mean, again, just a great matchup. And yeah. we already t- we, we heard from Leith said he loves playing up there. Yeah. Uh, they. They just had two intense games this weekend. I mean, is is this the best series? Seven game happen? series is yeah. all I'm going to say. Seven, Seven game series. Right. 100%. And to, and to add to that point, Rory, yeah. if you're Melfort or you're LaRange, get home ice advantage. <laughs> it's yeah. close like, right seriously, now, man. That but, could be, like, I think it's going to go seven, and whoever has home ice in seven... Is, has a huge edge. One point so, separates right now. One point separates. LaRange got games. three games left. Melford, as we mentioned on the interview there with Leith, yeah. has five. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and both have very not easy schedules either um, going forward. LaRange, I think, plays Melford again and then Flin Flon twice. Yeah. And we mentioned Melford's schedule going forward. So, keep your eye on it. It's going to be a good one. Um, let's move on now to the next, uh, next partial. Next portion of the show, uh, which will be the uh, players of the week. And if you look as of five minutes ago uh, on SJHL.ca, the article is up. So if you've looked already, no surprise to you. But if you haven't, we got you covered. Uh, Let's start with the SGEU MVP Mm -hmm. of the week. And of course, I mean, uh, I think, Rory, you mentioned the the words earlier. How do you not pick this guy? I mean, you you can't. Uh, Kean Bell of the Battleford's North Stars. Seven goals, six assists in three games. This past week, Jamie, I'll start with you. I mean, Jesus. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I saw. I saw Thirteen st- points in three games. Jeez. I saw a statistic too that said uh, about twenty-seven percent of his goals have come against Yorkton yeah. this year. So yeah. Matt Hare and Caleb Allen, and then we're going to see Key and Bell in their nightmares, I guess, as yeah. we all are. But uh, he scored five against Yorkton, and I thought maybe he would. And he had a breakaway with fifteen seconds almost left the for hat-trick. the sixth. Almost yeah. had the double hat trick, and then he scored a goal each against Melville to. To get the 50 and then 51 uh, on a beautiful feed from Holden Dole against Notre Dame. And boy, oh boy, when that guy gets a chance, he, he scores. And the last thing I'll say is his dad, Rob Bell, I was talking to him and he laughed. We laughed a little bit because he said, I need a breakaway of 15 seconds left. And uh, he's like, I don't think any goalie in this league has stopped Key on a breakaway this year. So he's like, well, I guess there's 50. I'm not going to be there. That's too bad. And then and then he missed. So you know, then he's like, okay, I'll get a flight out and watch the Melville Notre Dame games. <laughs> and so that, that was Caleb Allen allowed Kean Bell to see his dad this weekend. There you go. Tyson Smith. Tyson Smith. That was a, okay. There you go. Uh, the Sask Tell goalie of the week. Uh, we just talked about him. Bruins goaltender Cam Herdlicka, two wins this week, 150 goals against average, and a 956 save percentage. Uh, Rory, mm. Cam Herdlicka, good, good goalie. A very, very good goalie. <laughs> yeah. Um, you look, if you go onto the stats page of the goaltenders, there isn't a single category that you can pull up that Cam Herdlicka isn't in the top five yeah. of it. And it includes wins. It includes losses. It includes minutes. It includes yeah. saves. It includes shutouts. It includes shootout percentage. Every single category, Cam Herdlicka best is beard. among the top five. Yeah. So <laughs> top five best beard he's a workhorse. <laughs> he's a workhorse goaltender, yeah. right, in the yeah. SJHL. Mm-hmm. Uh He's really, Estevan, I think, 
plays differently when he's in the net, right? It's kind of an MVP of a team, mm -hmm. similar to a race Ramsey with the Broncos last year. It's a Cameron Licker with mm -hmm. Estevan this year. They're going to need him to roll in the playoffs, and I have no doubt that he can. He's spectacular. And the only guy with more minutes than Cam Hurdlicka in the SJHL, Laser Hume. Harmon Laser Hume. Who he might play against. Workhorses is a good description, descriptive word. Now, again, I forgot to mention this. Kean Bell is fourth time as MVP of the week. Yeah. And Cam Hurdlicka now his third time as goalie of the week. This well, there were so many good performances, too, yeah. right across the league. But you look at it, you're like, well... I don't even think they matter. Like 13 no. points in three well, games is I, just ridiculous. I was joking that we should just give all four awards to Kian Bell. Bell. <laughs> That's right. yeah. Goalie, defenseman, rookie. Yeah. Just yeah. give them all. Uh, speaking of defenseman, um, this is his third time now uh, this season winning Defenseman of the Week. We're going back to Battlefords. The Super U Defenseman of the Week, Tynan Yurt. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, when he won his first one, we were like, how is this his first one? And now he's won three since in a very short span of time. Weeks. I think yeah, four weeks, in like yeah. the last month and a bit. Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, um, he's doing well. And again, Jamie, I'll throw it to you. Um, you just saw him, Tynan Ewart. Mm -hmm. He's just driving offense for that team. Yeah, he's, you know, he's got points in uh, four straight games. He's got points in 11 of 13. Um, you know, I don't think there is a ton, a ton of top offense on that blue line for Battlefords outside of him. Mm -hmm. So he, he's got a big role to generate offense from the back end for Battlefords. Uh, but that being said, he's awesome. And I think it's hard to argue at this point to me, and I don't know if you guys agree with this, that he's like the leader right now in D of the year in this league. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know who's been better really than Tynan. So offensively, you know, no one. Yeah. Right? But he's been, he's not, no, he has, no, he's, he's not in trouble too. defensively. No, he's not. He's not. He's yeah. not. Yeah. So. They've allowed the fewest goals against as well. So yeah. <laughs> and when you talk about power play quarterbacks, uh, he sits only behind Reese Richmond, Holden Dole and Jaden Mercier for most power play assists there this year. Um, so, pretty good. Uh, rookie, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> Direct, <laughs> Direct West Rookie of the Week. Now, speaking of guys winning a bunch of awards in a short period of time, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alexi Silvestri of the Flin Flon Bombers wins his second Rookie of the Week in the last three. Uh, and he is, I'm just going to say it, Pushing for Rookie of the Month. Uh, he's had a great month of February. Uh, and I think, does he have one game that they play? We'll look at that in a minute. Well, I have the schedule available soon. Uh, but he has been playing great. And he's pushing his way directly into the conversation for, I think, even Rookie, rookie of, of the, the Year. Rookie of the Year, 100%. Um, and so shout out to him and the Flin Flon Bombers for... I mean, he's been playing a huge role for them. We talked about their injuries lately. Yeah. He's been stepping up big time. I guess. Uh, I guess who who wants to take it, Rory? Uh, Alexi Silvestri. What do you have? What do you have? For? Well, the last three games when you know Mercy has been out a lot longer, but yeah. you went through the laundry list that Mike Raggard's trying to put pieces in together. One yeah. piece that's never left where he's been and played how he's been playing is Alexi Silvestri. He's right there, and he has five points in those three games. So a really key credit to picking up three straight wins with all those players out. But he does have a six game or probably a five game point streak going mm -hmm. right now. With seven points in his last five. Uh, he is 100% pushing for rookie of the year. You know, earlier it was a Riley Ash, Karsten Cater kind of conversation. Then it changed. Mm -hmm. Dylan Ruptash is in there. Um, you know, some goaltenders really sparkled. Yeah. Caleb Allen early on. Uh, and now Cody Alexei, Sil Alexei Silvestri. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Thomas Wright has come out of nowhere. The rookie of the year, as Jamie mentioned, it is a interesting debate of who no you idea. think is going to win. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No He's right up there though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he is. I, I personally think that he has cemented himself in the conversation. Uh, oh, he's cemented. Yes. Not that he wasn't even yeah. in it before, <laughs> in but I think recently yeah. it's even gotten more certain. So mm -hmm. Jamie, you have anything on that? Yeah. Just again, like you, you, you talk about this Flynn Flon team and year after year, they rely on old guys, but he's not old. Yeah. No, so, no. You know, Mike Reagan's like, well, 
I could have this kid for a couple of years. Yeah. So it's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty, <laughs> pretty good. So far, our conclusion for the players of the week are that they are all pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Uh, deep insights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're really getting deep on this oh, one. Uh, just a quick recap. SGU MVP of the week, Kean Bell. Sastel goalie of the week, Bruins goalie, Cam Herdlicka. Super U defenseman of the week, North Stars defenseman, Tynan Ewart. And rookie of the week for Direct West, Alexi Silvestri of the Flynn Flon. Bombers. Now we have a little bit of a fun segment. We usually do like buy it or sell it in this one or like some weird scenarios where we pick lines for showcases. Uh, today we're going to go into this one and I actually love this one because I'm a big fan of trades. Mm-hmm. I love trades. I love talking about stats. I love talking about how trades could or could have impacted certain teams. So let's look at what could have been. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call it the dream trade scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you guys each have a few of your own that you're going to come up with here. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know exactly how you did this. Within the SJHL, okay. obviously, yep. trades that did not happen mm-hmm. that we wish would have happened at the trade deadline Perfect. or sometime before that. Perfect. That's so, Rory, we'll start with you. What's your number one? Sure. Uh, I, I don't have them ranked or anything, but the first one I'll throw out is Kindersley Clippers, I think, could have... Uh, didn't have to permanently trade some of their pieces, but maybe a little bit of a loan deal that you often see for future considerations. Player mm-hmm. comes back next year. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see in Tylen Hillbig, the Kindersley native, go to the Flin Flon Bombers. Oh. We saw how effective Drew Kuzma was last year with Flin Flon in front of the net. His physical presence, mm-hmm. hard to take off the puck. Yes, I know Tylen Hillbig is not a centerman. Kuzma was a little bit of a wrinkle there, but I can mm-hmm. just imagine him being in front of the net when you have Dupero, Mercier, Tremblay working the puck around and no one can move hill big from in front and it would just make that power play even more lethal mm-hmm. kindersley gets a lot of uh you know assets back for that and then hill big back next year once he's a 20 year old right. and kindersley's really made, ready to make that push but i would have really loved to see hill and big like cause some havoc in the whitney forum and like crystal ball here of course you can't you can't go back in time but had they known mercier's injury was going to be as as yeah. tough as it they was did acquire kane but maybe they did you're right a little more active. you're right, you're right. But yeah, yeah maybe yeah. that's another fill-in uh jamie you got anything on that or do you want to go to your first trade yeah i'll just i'll just go to my first trade because yeah. i think it's it's somewhat similar in the in in the in the in the realm because sure. i'm going to talk about kindersley mm-hmm. as well and yeah. again i talked about him there a couple of minutes ago logan link later right unbelievable player unbelievable human being too um i i think he you know is a real winner at heart too so uh, i'm going to say you know again the kind of thing where could be a loner Rory too perhaps yeah. as an 3 uh, where you know I think Estevan could use a guy who's really crafty like that you know that can protect the puck and, and you know like guys like Ronke and Davis are very north-south very straightforward Linklater is a very outside the box creative and I think you know an Olivier Pouliot mold that Estevan used mm. well last year right. uh, I think I think Linklater would fit really nicely in Estevan so I'm going to go with uh, Logan Linklater to Estevan for sure Rory? Um, I do have an Estevan one as well, Ooh. but I'm going to save that one for last. Okay. So the one I'm going to do... Uh, and That's Nugsy, a tease for Estevan fans. Right. You have to stick you around now. You have to stick around. Nugsy, <laughs> do not panic. It is a hypothetical trade. I know it's a soft spot for you to see him go, but it's Jared Six to the humble Broncos. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. I, was, I got my mind that I forgot that you said you were saving the Estevan one. I was like, okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Um, and don't worry. The humble Broncos will take really good hypothetical care over this hypothetical Jared Six trade when he Great. comes to Humboldt. Yes, very much so. But uh, the humble Broncos, we know they put a plethora of shots to the net. Uh, second place in the league just behind Flin Flon. Mm-hmm. They're also second place in the league in allowing the least shots against their own net to system. That's well put them second place in the league overall. You had a puck moving, puck distributing, defensive response 
responsible power play specialist who can get the shot through like Jared Sitch into a defense core that already has Cater, Barlogi, Weagle, upside mm -hmm. of offense, right. Lacombe, Miles. I know I'm forgetting some. Chase Cook, Sorrell, defensive responsible guys. I think it just it is a bolst a defense core. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure Scott Barney would have loved to do it. Also, yep. on the flip side for Notre Dame, I don't know anything, but I know he is a Mercyhurst commit. Mm -hmm. Is Jared Sitch ready for that jump next year? We'll find out. But Notre Dame, you know, Humboldt's got a lot of draft capital, a lot of good young players, so maybe that works out in Notre Dame's mm -hmm. favor coming back the other way. But Sitch just checks all the boxes for me on something that I think Humboldt would have really liked to have yeah. for a playoff push. I think if I could throw out my hypothetical trade, it would be Jared Sitch to any team probably yeah. sure. would have. Yeah. No offense, yeah. I, and to Notre Dame too. Yeah. Uh, we know he loves Notre Dame. We know he loves yeah. Notre Dame too. Yeah. So I know he's yeah. probably happy finishing it out. Jamie, number two for you? Yeah, well, again, I, I, hopefully Jared Sitch is healthier for Humboldt uh, in 2023, also in yeah. hypothetical land. Yes, yeah, right. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously, you guys know I love him. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so, Do you? again, I'm not up sure. that, up <laughs> that, again, a similar kind of, kind of vein. I'm not saying this guy is maybe as good as Jared Sitch, but not too far off. I think really underrated. I'm going to take Aiden Robson from the Melville Millionaires. 20 year old. Yep. You no, know, not, not coming back, obviously, because he's 20. Uh, great leader, physical guy, and he goes to Battleford's. Again, I think that decor manages the puck very well, good positionally. They get it up to their forwards fast. I don't know if they love a gutter, gutter, gutter type of fight, trench warfare type thing in <laughs> Battlefords. So Aiden Robson, six foot two, big guy, physical, strong, blocks a lot of shots. I think he would fit Braden Klamasco and Battlefords North Stars super well. Uh, leader as well there for Melville too. So I'm going to say uh, you know they find a way to to get some some younger guys uh, from from Battlefords there to. Uh, to, to Melville, even one of those young D-men, like an Easton Rask or something like that, back to Melville, who's, mm -hmm. who's a great, promising young guy, but get, will get a bit more minutes in Melville. Uh, and Robson would be a great fit uh, for nice. a Battleford team that wants to go deep. And, and when you're deep, you need a, tr a trench guy like Robson. Yeah, I, th I think with Battlefords at the trade deadline, our big conversation conversations were, do they mess with the chemistry or do they just roll mm -hmm. with it? And I, they kind of went with the, we'll roll with yeah. it they mentality. Got Isaac, yeah. Alex, Isaac, they did get Isaac, though, who's but, been playing great. Uh, yeah, he's putting, solid, putting up yeah. some points for sure so um that is a good conversation though because we all were wondering are they gonna bolster this one. even yeah. more yeah. but but here we are uh rory number three yeah final one all right s event bruins fans no more uh waiting along <laughs> but uh it was just one more tweak for the Melville Millionaires that actually didn't end up happening. If they did, I think it would signal, all right, we're rebuilding. But they acquired Jackson Martins mm -hmm. um, and I think prospects in PDF for this yep. Zach Kane that went back to Flynn Flon, right? Yep, My hypothetical correct. trade, I would have liked to see them flip Martins to the Estevan Bruins for even more assets coming back in, right? And then you turn Kane into pretty much double what I would assume you mm -hmm. got for him, which was still a good amount. Yeah. But you even get more more because Estevan could use a guy like Jackson Martins. I think they have a lot of, you know, physical presence, a Coner with some speed, right? You got Runky who isn't afraid to get in there, Pangura, Owen Barrow, right? Guys that, you know, mm -hmm. they throw their weight, they can't produce offense. Martins. They've is, also got like size too. Yes, like they have size. Martins is a finesse goal scorer and great mm -hmm. playmaker that yeah. I think can suit in your second line or top line center role. And that's what you really look for down the middle when you're coming to the playoffs. I think he fits beautifully mm -hmm. in Estevan. Yeah. I think Melville would have had uh, more assets to bring in. And then we talk about Von Sprecken playing against his former team in the first uh -huh. round. Now you got Martins playing against Flynn uh, and I love that. Be juicy. What yes. could have been? Jackson Martins, just again, I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. And he's a 20-year-old that would uh, get a playoff shot, right? So again, yeah. that, that scenario comes 15 points in 16 games yeah. since joining Melville. Kid's good. Yeah. Again, pretty good. Pretty uh, good. Jamie, you got your last one? 
Yeah, my last one, uh, again, dear, near and dear to my heart, uh, Will Dawson. Uh, he's, you know, an 03, so whether he's back next year or not, I guess I don't know. But, uh, you know, I know Mike Reagan up in Flint Flon is a big, big fan mm. of Will Dawson. You talked about Jackson Martins, and I think, you know, Will Dawson and Jackson Martins have a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. You know, gritty two-way guys. Both of them can score. Both of them can kill penalties. Don't take a lot of penalties either. Don't take penalties. Very disciplined, Very yes. disciplined kids. Mm-hmm. Well, again, like... Skilled but hard to play against type kids, first on pucks, yeah. you know, heavy on pucks. And you know, I think Will Dawson, just personality, but also, um, you know, just the way he plays would fit Mike Reagan in the Flint Flon Bombers, you know, absolutely perfectly. You think about like maybe a Liam Bridger, you know, a talented kid like that. Again, not you got to give stake for stake in, mm-hmm. in this world. And, you know, Liam Bridger and Will Dawson are both very, very good players. Uh, I think that would be a kind of nice one to one swap if, you know, if, if uh, Bridger would come back to Notre Dame, a Newfoundland kid. Notre Dame's had Newfoundland kids before. So, um, you know, again, that was so that's what I thought there. And I know my, I know for a fact that Mike Reagan absolutely loves Will Dawson. So there you go. And again, all hypothetical, but it's all always fun to create some sort of, you know, dream scenarios. What if what if it did happen? Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Very fun. I love those segments. I love talking about trades. And the only one I would say, and if I could add one in. Here, oh, yeah. Uh, and again, this goes back to Estevan. Um, and this has to do with the reacting to when they lost Alex Blanchard. Uh, if they could have added a defenseman, and I don't know if I'm going to say any specific names, but like one guy who comes to mind is Nathan DeGraves from Kindersley. If they could have added a guy sure. like that, because um, yeah. he kind of fits the mold of what yeah. Blanchard was, size-wise, everything. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, something just to fill in, not that they haven't been able to, because they've been yeah. playing quite well with without a Blanchard, who was at the time, I think, leading the league in points by defenseman, or goals anyways, at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Uh, anyways, just a little, that's what that's I would have That's a good done. call. He's also a physical, yes. gritty okay. kid. Yeah, I think well, Tyson, yeah, Tyson Perkins. Yeah, I'm sure my sure. felt a lot of calls. That's a good one too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that uh, Estevan would have would have enjoyed uh, mm-hmm. Nathan DeGraves on the yeah, ice. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I know the people in Estevan. They would have enjoyed him. Anyways, uh, let's look ahead here to the next couple of days uh, because there's a lot on the line here in the next couple of days. As we mentioned, a couple teams could clinch. A couple teams could fall out uh, officially. So let's have a look at Tuesday's uh, action. Uh, we got Kindersley in Nippowin. Uh, we talked about those teams at length today. Flynn Flon is going to take on Yorkton in Yorkton. And then the big one. Uh, I think that's going to be the marquee of the night on Tuesday. Yeah, it's, it has I, to be. I'm, I'm ready to say it's either Notre Dame wins or good night, Jim Kite. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's it. I mean, it's that's a that's kind of a pivot game for sure. Got yeah. it. Uh, Wednesday night, there are also a couple of games as well. Uh, the, the marquee mm. right at the top: Flynn Flon versus Humboldt. The battle, oh. the battle for second place. Uh, yeah, Humboldt has the tiebreaker right now in right. a row. Uh, so this is a huge game for Flynn Flon if they want second place. They yeah. lose this one cleanly. Humboldt now has the tiebreaker by I think three. They'll have a game in hand and they'll be two points up. So it's it just. It's not that's not impossible, but yeah. it's a big game for Flint Flon for second place. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Humboldt and Flint Flon have played each other a bunch of times in the playoffs Last lately playoff too. Series, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh boy, yeah. there's some spice in that too. Flint Flon and everybody has a little spice. I feel like. Yeah, and then just uh, to wrap that, uh, Kindersley is also going to be in Melfort taking on the Mustangs to kick off. Like, as we talked about with with Leith earlier in the show, their Mustangs last five games of the season. If they win that one, of course, it puts them ahead of Larange. So there's a lot to watch this week. Um, 
I don't know. Looking ahead to the week, guys, what uh, what's on your schedule? What's on your menu? I guess for the rest of the week. Yeah, I, I do usually try to go away from the team that I broadcast, yeah. but this week I can't. That second place matchup on Wednesday with Flin Flon is going to be unbelievable, and then it's Battleford's Battleford's on the weekend. Right. Like, so it could be the top two teams in the league. Uh, my week is going to be very entertaining with the humble Broncos, yeah. and so I'm just going to stick with the team that I call for because those, those three argue. games are great. Yeah. yeah, I can't argue your bias on this one because yeah. <laughs> it's not. Uh, I it's, do usually go somewhere else. For no, what I'm looking for it's you know you're what? right. I, I, I yeah. will uh, not that I'm rooting against the Weyburn Red Wings, but you know I want I want my co-host to uh, and the Notre Dame Hounds to feel like they're have a fighting shot for longer. I like when things go down to the wire, mm-hmm. so I'm hoping that Notre Dame can maybe get a little bit closer yeah. to Weyburn, and then we have just you know a lot more storylines to talk more. about. It's more yeah. content, baby. Yeah, yeah, and that's even what more. I'll take. Yeah. yeah, exactly, Jamie. Well, I mean, again, like I, I just I find that Laurence Melfort thing so compelling. Uh, you, you Leith said it. We kind of feel like we're going to have a bunch more matchups against each other. So let's keep it going this weekend. Again, <laughs> back at the Palace. Mm-hmm. Larange is back in Melfort again. Right. So let's just keep the juice going. There was 18 power plays, I think, on Saturday in uh, the Mel. Nine each. So it was not a friendly hockey game. And I hope it keeps getting more unfriendly. Yep. Less power plays maybe, but just keep being unfriendly. Guys. They could play each other like what? 11 times in a two and a half week span yeah. pretty much That's I yeah. like that Three familiarity it's always funny when you match up against a team like for your last one or two games of the year and then you play them because then yeah. it turns into like a nine game series oh yeah and yeah. you just hate each other by like game four <laughs> like, if, if, oh, yeah. if it don't go seven yeah six at least I would be shocked yeah. I'd be yeah. shocked and yeah, an interesting exactly. interesting element wrinkle to throw into that too is that they made a pretty interesting trade earlier this year the right. Ty Evans oh, yeah, Trent yeah. and Curtis yeah you know, a little and bit Curtis turned player. into one of the better players on Larange. Well, they both. They, I think it worked out pretty well. For yeah. I'd say probably it worked out better for Larange overall. Evans can come back next year, but right. Yeah, they, they're familiar for sure. Well, there you go. Well, that's the, that's kind of a look at the week ahead. There's a lot of storylines going on. As I mentioned, if you can't make it to the rink, I said this on Thursday on SHL Insider. But if you got something going on, like change plans like yeah. go to the rink like <laughs> but if you can't hockey tv's got you covered so make sure you head over to hockey tv and uh get your subscription if you haven't gotten it already now would be a really good time just saying um to get in there and get those games you got to keep an eye on all this action because it's going to be wild it's pretty good it's mm. it's pretty good pretty good uh <laughs> thanks again to our sponsors who are also pretty good uh <laughs> chevrolet capital auto mall cantera seeds rbc sastel sgeu direct west tourism saskatchewan sgi saskatchewan construction safety association and young's equipment uh thank you to all those guys because and and people i should say in general i shouldn't say guys but uh obviously a great group of sponsors keeping keeping everything going in this league and uh can't do anything without them uh thank you to my co-hosts thanks gentlemen for getting me through another episode of this show always good being out here with you guys uh and until next time uh this thursday jeremy corgan should be back Uh, for SJHL Insider. So stay tuned. We will recap those busy Tuesday and Wednesday nights and we'll keep you afloat on everything going on in the league going into another crazy weekend with a lot on the line. So thank you for tuning in. Um, I'm Clark Monroe for IKS Media. And uh, until next time, we'll see you at the games and enjoy the games, everybody.